no one at the beginning of movement is excited about doing it. You have to look at the end of results. No one ever gets done with a workout and says, I wish I would have never done that. If someone wants to go to eight, nine figures, you've got to bring on a team. You've got to bring on partners. You've got to share some profit. Welcome to the Boss Bay podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis, CEO of Boss Babe and your host for this week's episode. This week, I'm interviewing motivational speaker, best-selling author and celebrity trainer, Danette May. Danette has an incredibly inspiring story. I know everyone's entrepreneurial journey is different and what we go through in our lives can have a huge impact on the direction we eventually end up going towards in our careers. And after having gone through a series of really difficult experiences, Danette was stuck in a deep depression and it was at this point in her life she decided it was time to make a change and had a massive wake-up call and she realized that our minds and bodies are actually really connected and so making a shift in her relationship with nutrition and exercise changed everything and you know sometimes it does truly take hitting rock bottom to make you realize your strengths Danette turned an incredibly painful time in her life into a business by using her zone of genius to help other women who are dealing with the same struggles she had once gone through. She's now built an incredibly successful eight-figure business and she's such an inspiration and the stuff she's going to share in this podcast episode, whatever your relationship may be with diet and exercise, I really encourage you to keep an open mind and hopefully apply some of Danette's health tips into your everyday life. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. And as always, take a screenshot, share your biggest takeaways in Insta stories, tag me at IamNatalie and at BossBabe.inc. And if you can leave us a review, we would appreciate that so much. Make sure you put your Instagram handle on there. So if we do some shout outs, we can tag you as well. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. I'm so excited for this. Welcome to the Boss Babe podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I can't even tell where this conversation is going to go. I feel like it can go so many different places, but I really want to dive in and ask how your entrepreneurial journey got started. Where did this all come from? I think entrepreneurial journeys from someone who's really taking the bite of the entrepreneurial journey starts when you're a little kid and you always kind of know you have this internal desire to make something or create something or not work for someone. And I was like that. I remember being really little and my dad, I was raised with all brothers and my dad would try to teach them about entrepreneurship. And he started with mowing lawns. But since I was a girl, I was just the help. I could only like do the (laughs) meeting and I had to report to my brothers and they paid me from their proceeds, but they got all the main profits. And I remember thinking that does not work for me. I want to be my own boss. (laughs) That started at an early age of just being denied that role of feeling like a part of the entrepreneurial journey with my brother and my dad's that I was like, I'm going to do my own. I love that. So where did that go? You have a company now that's doing incredibly well and we'll get to that. Was this your first real venture? Yeah, I was like five years old. (laughs) Five and six, I started really young working. I'm so thankful because my parents came from the mindset that if you wanted anything, you were going to earn it, whether that was being part of a sports team, the jersey, 
to any hair products you wanted to buy. I mean, some people looked in and thought that's really strict. You're buying your own clothes. You're paying for your own sports. And they also let it be known that we were going to pay for our college completely on our own as well. And, And that really built in me this idea that I had to pave my own way, that I wasn't going to have a handout. And I'm actually thankful for it now. It was very difficult. I had to work a lot to get anything I wanted. And some things I didn't get to have because there was never a handout that I really, really wanted. But it really put that drive in me. And so I think it started at such a young age and just continued to grow from there. I love that so much. I definitely had similar where I had to work from such a young age and my friends could never understand it. But I think it just instills such a great work ethic and definitely something that I'm grateful for. So you went to college and then what happened after that? Well, I went to college and I always knew I wanted to do something in the health space. Like I went in to pre-med and then as I was in pre-med, I was like, wow, I want to kind of hit people before they get to the hospital, instead of going and going to med school, I was like, what can I do to help people get ahead of the curve? And that's when I knew I needed to really study nutrition and not the nutrition that typical colleges have you study, but really ancient nutrition and really finding out what are people doing that live around the world that are living for 100 plus years old and more vibrantly. They're not in nursing homes. What's going on here? And so I really went on this journey of discovering nutrition and fitness. And then as the life does to most of us, I had my downfalls and then my real awakening happened. And that's when the juice of everything I get to do today came from. I love that. So what did you find? (laughs) Well, it's interesting I'm curious, Natalie, if you ever experienced this because you're killing it too. But it's like I was cruising along, right? I was cruising along thinking I knew everything about nutrition. And it was like reduced fat wheat thins and soy milk that I was preaching. And I was talking about movement and how it helps with depression. And I was speaking all the things that I had heard, but I had no inkling really truly in my cells about the power of food and the power of movement truly until I found myself in a couple of my rock bottoms. And the first one was I had lost my son at childbirth and I was supposed to be bringing home this healthy little boy and I had lost him. And I literally went through this deep, deep depression. It was a new space that I'd ever been in. And to climb out of it after months and months of staying home and not even leaving the home, I really got the sense and it's a long story, but I got the deep cellular sense around the power of movement for healing. And then I started to wake up to the power of foods because I had such foggy brain during that time. I Then I went through a really horrific divorce and was just struggling spiritually, mentally, physically. And it was me going back to my roots of going, okay, like what can I learn around nutrition to help with this foggy brain to lift up my spirits. I've got these two little girls. I've got to do this. And that's when the truth of my knowledge came was through that downfall. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think especially health and wellness, it's such a journey. And when you think, okay, I'm doing all the things, you get hit with something else and you're like, okay, there's another level and another level. And I love one thing that you do do with your company though, because you do make it simple. And I think that's the most important thing about all of this is really finding what works for you. So what was that like to be at absolute rock bottom and not really knowing like where to turn to or what to do next? What kind of thing were you researching or looking into? Yeah, it was a an interesting time for me. <laughs> In my rock bottom, I was dealing with the depression of losing my son, dealing with kind of guilt around that. And then 
going through financial ruin, literally through this whole chaos of a divorce and people's feelings getting hurt. I found myself literally looking for $47 that me and my daughter scraped up through drawers and through lifting up the couches under the cushions to find this money. I was in a state of desperation. I literally had hit rock bottom emotionally, physically, mentally, of just wondering if I was going to amount to anything, wondering if I had failed completely as a mother. So it's a really dark night of the soul. And ultimately, like I turned to nutrition because it was one thing that I could control. And I turned to movement also because it was the one thing that felt like it was clearing out the cobwebs of my soul. I wasn't working out to have a sense of control. I literally was working out just to feel myself. And if anybody has gotten into a fitness program, you feel emotion. If you haven't been moving your body and you keep finding yourself with excuses, it's because you don't want to hear your soul or your ego doesn't want to hear your soul. But the biggest thing that I did was really dive into mindset, really studying what do these people that I look up to do on their down days. And I found a common pattern and it was around affirmations and writing down your dreams as if they were actually in reality. And I was like, success leaves clues. I'm going to follow what these people are doing. (laughs) And that's really the start of everything where the light started to come on and all the pieces fit together. I find that so interesting, especially what you said about working out. And if you're not working out, your ego doesn't really want to hear your soul. What do you mean by that? Does working out bring up emotions and moving your body? How does that happen? Yeah, every cell in our body has a code in a remembrance. And for some people are like, well, you're getting a little woo woo. No, we actually know this scientifically, that our cells contain memory. And when we move our bodies, that's when the flow of the cells actually occur. But when we're in stagnation, when we're sitting, we're sitting at desks, we're sitting in cars, we're walking slowly, we're not really engaging in like, a movement that creates some fire in the cells, then all that memory gets stagnant. So what I'm saying is once you create a little fire in your system, which most people resist that fire, most people don't have a problem with walking, but there's not a lot of fire that comes in walking. I'm talking about something that creates almost that sensation of sweat, maybe even full sweat or that sense of warmth that will uncode remembrance in your cells, which is ultimately speaking to the truth of who you are. This is why you hear story after story of people are like becoming empowered after they start working out or they start making a big life shift after they start working out is because they start to wake up to the truth of who they are. Mm, I love that you just explained that and I can definitely relate to this and not even the first time I ever really got this was I was getting a chiropractic adjustment and he adjusted my neck and I just burst into tears I had no idea why I was crying and that just made me feel this incredible connection to my body and I was like there's something there And whenever I work out and really, really tune into my body, I feel like my body definitely speaks to me more. And after a workout, you just feel different. You feel like you go of something and it becomes that addictive feeling. But what about people who are listening who have what you're saying, the ego doesn't want to hear their soul. They're really resisting working out and they have maybe they fell off the wagon mid through the year and they're wanting to get started again. What would you suggest to people like that? Yeah. And I actually see this in a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'll have people secretly ask me to coach them under the table, like, please coach me. These high level (laughs) entrepreneurs, but I see so much more than what they're even doing. And I'm always kind of shocking them because they want to hear what's the next funnel or what do you have for like business strategy, which I'm happy to give, but they're always shocked for me to say, 
I can tell you're not moving your body. And they're like, how do you know? Because they're not overweight or anything. It's like, because there's almost a sense of dimness. And so that's what I want to say to any entrepreneur that's listening is if you want to go to the next level, create some fire in movement and you will get information on your business. You will feel more clear in the brain. You will have more energy to slay those goals. And so ultimately what I would tell you is just remember that no one at the beginning of movement is excited about doing it. You have to look at the end of results. No one ever gets done with a workout and says, I wish I would have never done that. Everyone who gets done with it is like, I'm so grateful. It's like starting the entrepreneurial journey. It's intimidating. You don't feel super motivated at times, but moving your body, you're going to feel the same sensations, but you're never going to regret it. So always think of the end in mind. I love that. And I love that no one when they are starting feels great about it. Because I think a lot of people can relate, especially me. (laughs) Like at the beginning is the worst. You're like, oh, okay, I just got to get myself there. Once I know I'm there, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, so you really started diving into movement and health. And what happened next when you were at that probably crossroads in your life where you were really struggling financially, you didn't really know what you were going to do, but you started to find movement and nutrition? Yeah. So ultimately I had this burning dream inside my heart. And I think we all have these dreams, right? They're kind of the private dreams and we're almost afraid of them because they seem so big and braggadocious and like, who am I? And I had that dream. I was like, I want to impact millions of women. If I could help millions of women feel what I'm starting to feel right now, even in my imperfection, but I am waking up. I feel like I have something so simple that's working and I could really help them in all the different aspects of what they're going through, through these three pillars, which is the mindset piece, the movement and the food. I was like, man, I just see myself inspiring millions. But here's the deal. I had like a hundred followers on Facebook. So I was like, I don't even know how to like reach people with this idea that I had because I had written these programs and I was training clients. This is how I made my money at this point as I was going in four or 5 a.m. training one-on-one clients. And I would train them, then I'd come back, be a mom. And then at night, I would write these programs all out. And I was seeing massive results with my clients. And I was like, I know, I know I can help millions of women. And I was in particular driven towards women. I knew I could train men. I actually had men clients, but I was just really drawn to the power of women. I feel like women are the most untapped resource humanity has. And if we can wake them up, they can be the game changers for the shift that needs to take place. And so I had that dream, but I had no idea how the heck I was going to get this dream because I knew nothing about Facebook. I knew nothing about marketing. I was like, I just know my program. That's all I knew. And so this is going to sound a little interesting because... I also knew the power of meditation, the power of energy. And I'm even a bigger believer in it now than I was at the moment. But I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And I literally was doing this type of meditation where I was calling in a business partner, someone who could be the marketer for me. I would literally visualize and meditate (laughs) on this person. I probably did it for like three months And then what happens when you get into this state is you'll get weird hits of information. For example, my hit of information at one point was check on Twitter a wonk, which Twitter a wonk for those of you who don't know what it is, (laughs) which I've never checked it ever again since, which is so funny because I didn't even like ever go on it. I like literally heard about this 
app called Twitter Wonk. I never even heard of that. Yeah, let you see who's trending on Twitter. Like I don't even use Twitter really, but I was like, <laughs> check on Twitter Wonk. That was the hit I got. And you have to understand you are going to get hits. If you meditate and you put your dream out there through visualization and meditation, you're going to get some strange hits. Follow them. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally looked on Twitter Wonk and put in fitness And this name came up because it was like, I can't even remember what the first two were, but number three was Oxygen Magazine. So they were massive corporations and then a name and it said Vail, Colorado. And I was like, I'm going to find out who this human is because it's an actual human and see if they want to partner with me. Crazy, right? But that was where my mind was. (laughs) That's crazy. Did you really believe, okay, this is ideal or were you like, this is a big long shot. I'm just going to go after it anyway. No, it's almost like you get into a zone of going, you really have nothing to lose. I was sleeping on the floor at this point. I had like pennies to rub together. I was eating beans and weenies. And I literally, you just kind of are like following the clues. You're just going, I don't know where this comes from. I really don't because I've wanted to actually teach people this, but it's almost like this just internal knowing. Like I just thought this Craig Collins was going to respond to me. And of course, I reached out to him, tried to find him on Facebook and then messaged him on Facebook a million times. No, it wasn't a million, but it was at least seven (laughs) before he even responded back. (laughs) And what were you saying to him? I was basically pretending to be something bigger than I was. I was like, I have this dream. I really can't wait to share it with you. I was telling him that, you know, if there was any way for me to meet with him, I had this feeling about it. He came up to me in meditation. We still have all these Facebook messages and I would like sign off yours in health, Danette, like I was something (laughs) kind of big. And then finally (laughs) he responded back and was like, I love helping out entrepreneurs. I'll jump on a call with you. And I was like, no, we must meet in person. I didn't even like what his story was. He literally his side of the story is he was like, this woman is kind of crazy because he lived in Vail. And I was like, I'm going to use my points at the Marriott because I had no money to stay at the hotel. I had gained some points at the Marriott over time. And I was like, I'm just going to drive out there and meet him. And that literally started the journey. I got to share with him the dream. And it wasn't like, oh, he was like, yeah, let's be business partners because he was running a successful marketing company. He gave me some pointers and told me how much he charged. And I was like, there's no way I could afford him. But what happened was a seed was planted. He saw the fire in me. He saw how committed I was to it because I could have easily just gotten on a phone call with him. But I like drove my booty out there to share it with him and to let him see in my eyes, my passion and what I was really wanting to do. And even though I didn't take the bait right away with about six months in, he was like starting to think about it because I kept meditating and meditating throughout that whole time. And then finally he was like, I think you're onto something. And we started this conversation of starting a business together. And that's literally where it started to now this being this amazing eight figure, really successful business of reaching millions of women around the world. I love that story. And it's a real example of you knowing what your genius zone is and finding someone that you could partner with to make that happen. And I think sometimes in business, entrepreneurs can be reluctant to get a partner because they think, oh, I don't want to split the revenue. I don't want to do X, Y, Z. I hear it a lot, but we're kind of similar in that I was the same. I knew what my strengths were and I also knew what my weaknesses were. And by partnering with someone, you can often create something way bigger than if you were a solo founder. And when you look at investors, they will rarely invest in a solo founder. They want to see like a strong team. So what was that like for you to bring someone into your vision and start to build from there? 
I thought it was great. And I totally love how you bring this up because I run into a lot of people on this entrepreneurial journey that are doing great, but they're like burnt out because they're not divvying up the profits and getting a partner. And they're afraid of it. And they're afraid of losing control or giving up, like you said, assets. And I'm like, if someone wants to go to eight, nine figures, you've got to bring on a team. You've got to bring on partners. You've got to share some profit to really go to those higher levels. If you want to stay in the six, seven figures, I think some people can do it alone and it can be grindy and it can be fully in control. But I've never seen a company that goes to those higher marks without strategic partnerships. So at the beginning, it was awesome because I knew his strengths and he knew mine. And I was so not afraid of it. I remember I had a client who was an attorney and he was like, wait a minute, you can't split this business the way you're splitting it. He thought it was unfair in my behalf because we were 50-50. I'll share it. It's not a big deal. I don't mind sharing what we agreed on. We were going to be 50-50 partners. And my attorney client was like, wait a minute, it's all your brand. It's your idea. It's your content. You can't do that. And the truth was, I'm so thankful I didn't listen to it because Ultimately, I was finding out he was actually doing all the brunt work, all the things I could never do, and I would never have gotten to where I am today without him. I love that. So, so good. All right. I hope you enjoyed the episode so far. Stay tuned as we share a bit of info about who supported this episode. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. I know that so many of you listening have your own product-based businesses, and we are always getting asked questions about logistics. I also know how confusing it can be to keep track of who gets what, which shipping carrier to use and questioning whether or not you're getting the best shipping rates. So if this is you, you're going to love ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. So no matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your phone. The best part is that ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS and even Amazon Fulfillment so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers and will help you to do more and ship more in less time with the best rates. And right now, the Boss Babe podcast listeners can try ShipStation completely free for 60 days when you use the code BOSSBABE. I think it's really important that your business is set up to scale and that you're able to meet customer demands as they scale up. So you can get started at ShipStation.com today. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BOSSBABE. That's ShipStation.com and then enter code BOSSBABE. And we're back. Let's jump straight into today's episode. Okay, so just coming back to you were talking a lot about creating this partnership and this business from a lot of manifestation and mindset work. How much of your success do you think has been down to your routines and rituals versus the actual tactics and strategies? Oh, I love that you're asking this, Natalie. You're a genius to ask this because I think it's the unspoken stuff that a lot of entrepreneurs aren't talking about. We're so apt to talk about the funnel and who we hired and what was the next strategic move we've done. And, you know, I granted, I do think those things work. And but there's a lot of what I would say, like sledgehammering, right? There's a lot of grit in that idea. Whereas if you can harness a higher power, it's a lot more ease to get to the same level, if not higher. And I think it's huge in the impact of my business. And even my business now, my new motto is my frequency is more powerful than my strategy. And that is something that I'm really looking at and playing with and watching. 
I am more eased up in my business than I've ever been. And we are more profitable than we have ever been. And I'm recognizing that if I can keep my frequency in the state of love and curiosity and high vibration, and a lot of people listening, like what's high vibration? I don't know what your followers, Natalie, are, but like high vibration is just being in that state of happiness, being in that state of like wonderment and awe and looking for the positivity. And it's not to say that we don't have things that are setbacks or things that are hard in our business, but if I can stay and look at in that way and keep my vibration high, it's so much more impactful than any strategy plan I could out. I love that so much. Yeah, I was chatting to my therapist, which I think every entrepreneur really needs, a few weeks ago. And we were just talking about that idea of having access to a higher power. And it came up because I was saying to him, sometimes when you're in business and we have a team of 34 and it can sometimes feel really heavy. And I said that to him, I said, how do you get rid of that feeling of heaviness? Like there's something sitting on your shoulders. And he said, well, you need to understand that you're creating some of it, but you also have help from a higher power creating the rest of it, whether you believe it or not, that you can set a goal and say, okay, I know exactly how I'm going to get to 50% of that goal. And then I'm going to let the other 50% come to me or work with me or present itself to me. And I think no matter what you believe in, in terms of religion, we can all believe in that, that we might not know the answer to the next 50%. But as long as we allow different opportunities to come in, you allow lots of different space. And I think that's been really important for us as well, just like allowing space, allowing things to come up. Because if you're so rigid in this is my plan, from A to Z like there's no space for anything so I really love that you're talking about that how do you get to a being in a high frequency or high vibration yeah it starts with rituals I believe it starts with the minute you open your eyeballs and I think Esther Hicks talks about it being like a 17 second rule and it's funny because I've always said talked about a 17 second rule but then I heard that she had one so I looked it up and here's what she says about it is that the minute you open your eyeballs, it's an opportunity to lay the seeds of the frequency you want to attract. So really take that split second moment of that first moment where you are coming into the reality of being awake. You know that like gray zone, you like are asleep and you're kind of in and out of like almost dreamland and then you're fully awake. Like that's your secret soft spot. That's where you can actually really go, oh, okay, I'm going to really just keep my eyes closed for a minute. I'm in the threshold of almost waking up and stepping on the floor and being fully awake and start to think of all the things that you're grateful for. Start visualizing like all the perfect things lining up. Just be in that state of really looking for all the things that make you feel grateful. And as you do that, it'll carry up to like once you start exiting the bed to go down to where you're making your lemon water, you're getting your coffee, like keep going in your brain, all the things, keep it going, keep it going. And it's a mastery. It's not like you wake up feeling that all the time. You might've had a bad dream or you might've had a crappy sleep, but that is a secret sauce zone to really start to create everything in alignment for your frequency. And then the other thing that I do during the day, and I'm not saying I'm always in a high frequency, it's okay to have days and moments where you're just like, golly, I just don't feel awesome. I don't know why, but I just don't feel awesome. And I don't feel like communicating with anyone. And that's okay. But if you feel those emotions, can you get yourself into nature? Because ultimately, you can keep pounding away at the task at hand. But if you're at this lower vibration inside of yourself, where there's judgment, where there's lethargy, there's non-inspiration, can you move yourself from the to-do list and get out into nature and start saying affirmations, say, I'm supported, 
say I'm love, say I have energy, like start claiming the truth of what you want to feel and actually the truth of everyone's lives. And that will help shift you. And maybe you go back to it or maybe you leave it for the day and then watches the next day or a couple days later, you're like on fire and then go from there. So we always talk about me and my husband, who's now is my business partner. We say, we like to do inspired work. So when the inspiration hits, we don't have like this idea that it's only from nine to five. If inspiration's there, there's an understanding that we might be working all night. And that's because we're in inspiration. And then we also have an understanding that if we're not in the inspiration, we don't work that day or we take a couple hours off to get back into that alignment and inspiration. Yeah, that's so important. I think sitting at your desk when you're really not feeling like it is the worst use of your time. If you can just come away for an hour, you probably find you get an extra two hours of productivity out of that. I think that's one thing that we can all be more intentional about. You touched a little bit about your morning routine and I really want to dive into that and get all the specifics because I've been to your house and you just have all the gadgets, all the things, best routine, (laughs) best morning coffee ever. So can you tell us in specifics what your morning routine looks like? Sure. Well, Natalie's referring to, she came to our healing. So she wasn't in my personal, personal home, but she definitely was in a part of my routine here in the healing home. The best. I've created this for myself. I'm going to share with you guys what I do, but you can find your own version. Even if you don't have all these little tools that I have, there are definitely some of them you can create yourself. So with this idea that I want to maintain that like secret sauce frequency, the minute I step out of bed, right? It starts with that. So me and my husband have this like kind of understanding we've talked about it, but over the years, it's just this understanding that we're not really engaging with each other. Cause I want to stay in my space of really filling myself up. So I go down. The first thing I do is I light a candle. I turn on my lamp. I turn on the fire if it's cold out and I make some warm lemon water. Now, the reason I do this, we know scientifically it's totally balances the pH levels, but it's also like this signal to me that I choose me, that I choose health. And that's better than just going and dropping coffee down your throat because there is no balancing of hormones with coffee. It's great for waking up and there's antioxidant properties or whatnot, but do the warm lemon water or if it's a big glass of regular water, whatever feels resonates for you, there's this honoring and there's this like telling the universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it, that you're important and that your health's important. And so I do that. And then I literally sit down and I open my journal and I write at the very top, what would you have me know? Now I write this because I believe that I have, and everyone has deep internal wisdom that no Google can give you no friend, no entrepreneur can give you. And so I really, and I might ask specific questions. If I have like a specific question about a family member or my own health or a business idea or like a hire, but I will always ask like, what would you have me know? And then I just free flow and write. And I'm telling you that journal prompt has led us to millions of dollars. Like I've gotten information that I'm like, uh, team, I just felt this hit to do this (laughs) and let's roll with it. And it's amazing. So I do that. And then I go make what Natalie's referring to my like favorite coffee. Sometimes it's a hot chocolate version, no coffee in it, depending if I'm going to work out, I add coffee. If I'm not, I don't really do coffee because it makes me pretty, I almost get a sense of anxiety. So I'm kind of leaving the coffee out unless I'm going to like kill it at the gym. But yeah, I just take cacao bliss, which is just raw cacao infused with seven superfoods. 
and I froth it up. I like make it a ritual. I make it decadent. I'm all about the pleasure because if you can see, I'm doing all the things that are just telling myself I'm worthy and I'm telling and like just pleasuring myself all morning, really. So I make that. And then after that, I will actually head down to the healing home and I do a workout. And then I always sit in the infrared sauna and do red light. So I meditate in front of the red light which I do about 10 minutes of meditation. I'm not like this crazy long meditator because I feel like my life, my life is a moving meditation in a lot of ways. And so those are my healing things that I love to do. And, and then I'm ready to like crank on all the other things outside of that. And what does the typical day of food look like for you? Oh, so I'm trying something new. I'm doing some research on different healing modalities for the body. So for me, I'm always eating like I'm not a like a name. I'm not a paleo or I'm not anything. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I'm all of it. I've done all of it and I'm none of it. So I just am really intuitive about what my body's wanting. So it can look really different. Mostly I'll create like an amazing green drink in the morning, especially on the days I feel like I need to be grounded. This is something I want to tell everyone because there are going to be days in our lives when there's just chaos or S-H-I-T hits the fan, right? And you're just like in it and you know you're in it. Someone's sick or something's going on in the business. Like I actually use those days, the days when I ground myself with as many greens as possible. And those are the days I'll actually do a green drink when I know I need to get rooted in truth, which I believe plants contain truth. So I'll do that. Or there are days when I'm like making a protein waffle, or there's a day I'm having like a couple of eggs with some Ezekiel toast. Like it just varies. And then, you know, I'm always eating. So (laughs) I'm constantly like grazing throughout the day, but I'm really practicing this idea. And I even hate to say it because I think people were doing it before it had a name, which is this idea of intermittent fasting, but really feeding myself fats in a window of a 16 hour window of not eating. And I'm adding a lot of fats to my coffee. I'm not adding butter. I'm not a big believer in the butter concept, but I'm a big believer in the coconut oil concept or even just heavy cream, because I think it's one delicious. But I'm having these fats, or I'll have a half of an avocado in these windows, so I don't feel hungry. And just seeing if my body can actually heal its cells during this like 16 hour window. And then I'll eat just I, I don't know, I'm eating anything and everything during the other times, I don't eat a lot of sugar, I, I avoid certain things, and then I eat the rest. So I avoid white sugars, I avoid white flour and wheat flour. These are easy for me because I know they're poison. It's like if someone asked me if I wanted to chug some poison or gasoline, I'd be like, no, that's how I look at sugar, white flour and vegetable oil. And those are my only ones. And I'm like, "Mm, that's poison to me. I'll have every other dessert that has coconut sugar in it, but not that. I love that. And what about for an evening routine? Do you have any specifics that you do? You know, we kind of do. One thing that's just really sacred to me is every night the kids are, we gather around the fire. And even in the summer, we have the fire on and we gather kind of, it's almost like circle. And no one says that we have to be in a circle, but we just kind of naturally go in that position and the dogs there. And and we recap the day and we talk about what's happening the next day. If we could support one another, we have family prayer together at that time. And To me, that's like my favorite juiciest moment of all moments. It's like my favorite. And when I'm away from home, it's the moment I miss the most. So that's definitely a ritual that's done every single night. And then they go to bed and I actually every day, pretty much, I would say probably 98%, I take a bath. (laughs) I'm a big Mm. bath person and I throw Epsom salts in there and oils and 
there's something about, and we know energetically that water is really powerful for releasing electric charges on our bodies. And the Epsom salt also helps with that. And I'm just finding that that's really clearing my energy, especially if I saw people. I'm always taking a bath if I'm around people, but I live on top of a mountain, so I'm rarely around people. So, but I still do it because I'm on calls and I'm taking on energy and I'm feeling things. So we do that at night and we always read and just kind of like sink into bed. We go to bed pretty early. So that's pretty much it. You've got your routine so dialed in. I absolutely love it. And I also love what you're saying about not sticking to a specific diet and just tuning in because I feel like there's so many different diets out there. A lot of people can get really confused of where to even fit in. And I'm kind of the same in that I just avoid white flour. I avoid sugar. I just avoid things that don't make me feel good. Mm -hmm. So I love that you touch on all of that. And you also mentioned, so going back to your story of you stalking this guy online. (laughs) So he actually turned out to be your husband, right? Yeah, we ended up being business partners first. We signed a contract together. And of course, there were feelings brewing. I had some trust issues, so it took a while in the relationship front. But yeah, then we became husband and wife. And that's really how our story really started with business idea first. And then I feel like I got a two for one. It was really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And how does that work working with your partner? Oh, okay. So we get these masterminds a lot around this concept. I have to tell you, we have some massive hacks around relationship stuff because when we first started, it was a disaster. He's a very controlling, very likes his things. <laughs> he has an aura ring, Natalie, you know that. He's like very much <laughs> analytical. He's very like A to B, cross off all the T's and dot all the I's. And he was trying to actually manage me. Like he was trying to have me fit within his box. And I was like, not having it, right? So there were like fights. I mean, it was bad. And we got to a point probably a year in where... I was like, I'm not doing this business with you. It's either the business or the relationship. And he felt the same way. So it wasn't pretty. And actually, our business wasn't even taking off, really. I mean, it was just like barely paying the bills. So it wasn't like we felt really awesome about it. So we just, well, this is what he did. He didn't tell me at the time, but he came to this idea. He was like, I'm going to let Danette do whatever she wants to do. And I'm not even going to ask about it. However she wants to govern her day and her side of the business, I'm going to let her go. Because I was a driver already, but as soon as he's trying to micromanage me, I just kind of lost my drive. And that's what happened. I didn't do anything on my end. I was just like, you have to make a decision because either you're in or you're out. And we decided the relationship was going to come first. But So I was like, I'm going to find another business partner. I cannot work with you and make this relationship work. So he decided that and that changed everything because he wasn't micromanaging me anymore. We decided to stop talking about any work in the bedroom. Absolutely. Like I was the type who was bringing the computer into the bed and working at night. I was the type during lovemaking who would bring up a funnel around business. And he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, so we had strict boundaries at first around all of that. And then just grown so much where we love working together at like the best partnership. And then we also have these certain rituals to keep the passion alive. And our, and I feel like our relationship is just like even juicier and better than it's ever been. And it's because of these hacks that we learned from another couple that they're epic and we've been adopting them. So do you completely stop talking work when you get home? We stop talking about it by 7 PM. That's a good rule. What about if you both really disagree on a decision? We actually don't have that a lot. There will be times when I will suggest something or feel something. And what I love about 
Craig is that he's done a lot of deep internal work and he continues to do deep, deep work and me too. And he has this belief that I know things or that I'm in tune to certain things. And so he doesn't shut it down. He will try it. And I really love that about him because the analytical mind can be like, actually, Danette, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand the ROI on it, but he's learned. He's like, if I can just trust Danette and her intuition, that makes no sense. It usually pays off. And I really learned to respect that in him, that he sees that in me. So we don't really have any, and we've talked about this because we're like, oh, we just jive so well. We really see the vision similarly. And I trust him if I don't see it and vice versa. I love that so much. And so what advice would you give to that person who might be really, really good at what they do? They've got their amazing zone of genius, but they've got a hundred followers on Facebook. They've got no idea how to even get started, get something off the ground, get their first client. What would you say to them? Ooh, so they have a dream and you're telling me they have like a hundred followers like I did. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't even know where to start, but I know I'm really good at something that I want to head in this direction. Yeah, exactly. Well, first off, I think a lot of people think they're an entrepreneur or they want the entrepreneurial journey. And I want to ask you first, do you really want to do this kind of as a hobby maybe and make just maybe $500 or $1,000 extra a month or $1,500 extra a month and still be able to do other things and just do this fun thing on the side because the entrepreneurial journey is nasty. Like I'm going to be so real. Like it is, it is like the most treacherous journey I've ever been on. It's the most spiritual journey. It's the most treacherous journey, but it's also the most liberating, but I don't believe it's actually for everyone. And I think sometimes in our society, we look at these entrepreneur, this entrepreneurial world, and we think that that's what we should aspire to, to be worthy, right? Like I should have something of my own to be worthy, or I should be, have this many followers to make a difference in the in the world. And it's not true. We put up these ideas that we have to be this or this or this to be significant or to be loved or to be valued. And you're just as valued if you want to do just an extra 1500 and do these fun things and reach maybe a hundred people, just really check into that first. So I really want to just give people permission that you're just as amazing and just as cool. If you're like, I'm serving a hundred people versus serving whatever and trying to do the big, big entrepreneurial journey. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is all I can say is, one, you've got to visualize it every day. There's power in writing it out and there's power in visualizing. And I know Natalie has his journal out. And I think that's so powerful because in that journal, you can actually write out like, what do you see for yourself as if it's already happened and then go there. Don't be afraid to visualize it every day. And then once you're doing that every day, respond to information that you receive that makes no sense. Even the ones that make sense, of course, but the ones that don't make sense, call that person, look up that, write that down, whatever hit you get, honor it, because those are your clues that are coming to you through your efforts of visualization and writing down your dream. I love that. And it's very, very true. I think it has to be an intentional decision because entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It's a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. (laughs) I think that's the best way to put it. I love it. And so just as we're finishing this up, do you have any advice for someone who doesn't fully know what their passion is yet? So they're not even that person that's got this idea or knows where their zone of genius is and they're still really trying to figure out what their purpose is. Mm. Something that I speak on a lot and something I really feel strongly about is this idea that your purpose isn't outside of you. 
that if you don't really know this idea of what you want to express into the world, the most likely your purpose at that moment is for you to start to look at how you can love yourself more, how you can start to heal words or wounds or experiences that may have happened to you. Because I find that people, if they make their purpose loving themselves first and foremost, even the ones on the entrepreneurial journey, that that's where the magic lies. And that's where more information will be given to you of what maybe you want to contribute. But when you haven't cleared out what I would call shadows, or you haven't really stepped into fully like loving who you are, then how are you ever going to know? Like, right? Like, how are you really going to know what that journey is for you next? I love that. I completely agree. I think it's always inside versus outside. And you typically just need to clear away to be able to really see it because you always know what it is deep down. If you got asked that question, you would know. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been such a soul nourishing conversation. (laughs) And for everyone listening, where can they find you? And also where can they grab their own Cacao Bliss? Because it's so good. (laughs) Yes, I want you to get Cacao Bliss because it will also help you with more focus. It's been proven. You can look up all the scientific benefits of raw cacao. But you can go to iRise, which is I and then rise, I. R-I-S-E, organics.com for the Cacao Bliss. You can also find it on my website at JeanetteMay.com. But that's where you're going to get free information and recipes and workouts and mindset tools that I personally use and share out in the world for free. I love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I love talking with you. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bossweb.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag the Boss Babe Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast.